Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Road Podcast. I am super excited about this one. Uh, we have a return guest this week, my boy Mike Gourmet Goes Keto, as known on Instagram and in every other far ends of the earth that know about him. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. I'm super excited about this talk, man. I'm excited to um, dive into the holidays and just, I feel like this is going to be a long talk. I feel like people are going to be able to get a lot out of it. And so I'm super, super excited to, um, you know, dive into the kind of like the, these questions that people have and also our thoughts on this. Cause I feel like we agree on some things and we might differ on some things. Um, so it'd be interesting to dive into it, but I feel like there's just so much that people overthink or underthink or don't take serious or take too serious. And then I think this is going to be a good conversation for them to kind of figure out where they're at and the steps they can take to kind of create that own balance in their lives. No, I think it makes sense. Like, I, I think it's, it's something that's good for people to think about now. Uh, you know, we're, we're close to some of the major holidays. And um, as you all can probably hear, there's a dog going crazy three yards over for me right now that, I have no idea what's going on with that, but he must be excited about the holidays. Like a lot of people are, you know, we, we I've already, I, I'm actually in the middle of, of finishing up a draft on a blog about handling the holidays. And it's always something that people ask me about. And so I think it's going to be good for us to dive in and, and have some discussions about like what our perspectives are. Yeah, no, 100% brother. I'm all with you on that. So I kind of, mm, I don't even know where to start. So let's just talk about the holidays in general, like everybody tends to kind of think of the holidays as like this time to just let loose and get willy nilly or, you know, they feel like for some reason, um, you know, they're restricted or they're not going to have as much fun. Or there's also like this kind of like sulking of like, oh, I can't eat what everybody else is eating. Right. And there's just kind of like this, this on both sides, whether they're being, whether they're sticking to their diet or they're going off plan, there's this over fixation around food, um, which we kind of dived into uh, a little on our last podcast, right? About diving it when we di- when we did the diving into di- uh, deep into diet culture podcast, which y'all can listen to. Um, but you know, so kind of, what are your thoughts on that? Like kind of like that over fixation on both ends of the spectrum. No, I think you're right. I think people go to different extremes. Like that, I don't. It's one of those things where, especially I think it comes into play, like depending on where you're at in your journey can have obviously a big impact on on the choices that you make and how you want to handle things, you know, whether you want to dive in and take things ultra strict or if you're in this place where you're like, if I go too strict, I'm going to go crazy. So I need to not be strict at all. And there's there's a real like you said, like I I think instead like it creates this fixation on, you know, 
all of our holiday planning is about food. And I think that's a cultural thing, like specifically, you know, here in the US, like we tend to do that anyway about the holidays. So, you know, Thanksgiving is, you know, less of a let's give thanks for what we have day and more of a uh, let's see how much food we can eat and what kind of, you know, kind of food coma can I get into later? You know, there are, you know, antacid products that run commercials about the Thanksgiving meal. Like we, we've become fixated on the food being the most important thing. You know, and I know it's something you and I have talked about in various different avenues before, you know, either together or, or separately, you know, the idea of trying to think about, you know, what does the holiday really mean to you? And like, what is it about, you know, celebrating people that's important and trying to get to that place and have the food not be the thing that is either the end all be all or the enemy on a holiday. I think that's the other the other swing of that pendulum is, you know, it, but it's it's two two sides of the same coin in terms of being an obsession, you know, either. I'm, I'm going to obsess about how much food I can have, or I'm going to obsess about how much food I can't have. There's no, you know, there's no nuance for most people. And I, and I think that makes sense. Like, I think there's various points, you know, depending on how long you've been on your journey, how far, how much, how far you have to go, how much work you've been putting in that sometimes you feel like you have to set those boundaries up. And I think there's a difference between setting boundaries when it comes to food on the holidays and allowing yourself to then become obsessed with food in a good way or a bad way when it comes to the holidays. Yeah, I agree. And so what, and the reason, actually it's funny that you bring that all up because what's interesting is what stirred me wanting to have this conversation uh, was I was on a live and somebody asked me about how I prepare for Thanksgiving. And I kind of, at first I had a knee jerk reaction. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I just eat like I normally eat. And then like, it took me a second to remember. And I have to remind myself that like, you know, there was a time in my life when I was keto where, you know, or when I was dieting where, where Thanksgiving was a scary day because mm -hmm. either I was trying to diet or it was my free day and I just went crazy and I ate myself sick. And so I remember like the anxiety and the fear that, that rotated around it. And I know that where I'm at now is on a completely different end of a spectrum, right? Like I walk into Thanksgiving food is a second thought, like, you know, like, it's really easy for me to just pick the foods that are keto, enjoy what I enjoy that makes me feel good. And then really just focus on the people around me and really enjoy the holiday for what it is. Um, not like a food centric holiday, but a people and thankfulness centric holiday. Um, and it took me a while to get to that point. And so I just, you know, I really wanted to, us to kind of dive into like, you know, how to develop the mindset to get to that point, right. And I think that like a couple things we could dive into, right, is like, you know, uh, obviously being prepared, um, but understanding that like, you know, it is a holiday and, you know, whether you are making it about the food because it's a free for all or you're making it about the food because, um, you know, you're trying to count every gram uh, during a holiday can be detrimental to just taking away from the overall experience. But at the same time, you know, being okay and confident with like, for instance, the idea that like you want to be in super control. Like I've heard you say that before, and I'd love for you to dive into that a little bit more. Um, you know, when it comes to like uh, eating Thanksgiving food, you know, uh, or like tracking during Thanksgiving and that being okay, if you have a particular goal and you're trying to establish a sense of control around food. Um, so I kind of like dive into like your thoughts about that and the progression of it. Yeah, because I, I think... I think that's something that's really important, like, and it's something for, you know, you've been on your journey for so long, and I've been on my journey for so long. It's, it's, I always at this time of year, try to remember what it was like for me that first time kind of going into the holidays. Because for a lot of people, their relationship with food goes way beyond just the holiday. It goes into 
the fact that in a lot of ways in our lives, you know, we we've created food as an enemy. And we so we've created food to be this uh, demon in some levels that we, we are afraid of or we know what happens if we make choices outside of the plans that we have set up for ourselves. And we we then have to kind of figure out, OK, where are we at right now? And I think that's the biggest the biggest part of preparation and mindset when it comes to the you know the holidays is be honest with yourself, like really sit down and say, what do I think I can handle? You know, where is my head at? Why am I feeling this way? You know, we talk a lot, you know, in, you know, with our clients and in just in general conversations with people about having a mindful approach to food being one of the biggest skills to work on. And I think it's really important when it comes to the holidays to understand that, you know, we, we've got some great questions from people that I'm sure we're going to go through eventually that are about like how the pressure that other people put on us at the holidays, you know, and have expectations of us. And, you know, you could be going to a family gathering where there's a specific dish made by someone that is completely off of your plan, like is not keto, is something that is not going to be something that you put on your plate if it was any other day of the year. But because there's all this family pressure, you start thinking about, well, how am I going to handle that situation? And you start to kind of run through all these different scenarios. And so one of the things that I actually, it was actually the first Easter, Easter was the first holiday that kind of came up during my journey in 2017. And I did some Instagram stories about letting people know that if you're in a place where the best way to take care of yourself and, and keep your health a priority at a holiday is to say no to foods and to say no to going off plan, then that's okay. Because I honestly, I think there's more than enough influencers out there, more than enough health quote unquote experts out there telling people that it's okay to take the day off completely. And it's okay to do whatever you want to do and go as crazy as you want to go. Like, I think there are plenty of voices getting that message out there. So I don't think there's anyone that needs to hear someone say it's okay to take the day off. Like, you know, that that's there. And I'm sure one of the things that we'll talk about is maybe some ways to approach that. But I think the bigger message that people need to hear is it's okay to stay on when it's a holiday. It's okay that if you know where you're at in your journey, where you're at in your relationship with food, that that meal is going to challenge you. You know, those foods are going to be too challenging for you to control too challenging for you to handle that. It's okay then to go into the holiday with food that you prepare for yourself. And I think it's important though. I do think it's important to think about that idea of sharing a meal with your family. And, you know, especially this year, you know, with everything, the way that it is with COVID, you know, our, our gatherings are going to be kept small enough. Like don't feel like you have to take yourself out of that environment, but know that it's okay if you go in with some food pre-measured or pre-put together or, and one of the things that I did, I remember very clearly my very first Thanksgiving when I was keto was I created a couple side dishes, you know, for myself. Like one was a keto gravy recipe, which was awful. And I'll probably never, I'd never recommend to anyone because I think <laughs> keto gravy tends to either come out like green nut soup or weird Ooh. gelatinous xanthan gum stuff. But I made also, I did mashed. I remember very clearly I did like a, a creamy, cheesy mashed cauliflower and I did some roasted Brussels sprouts. And I actually had kind of had portioned what my portion was going to be. Because there was that part of me at that point that was like, I'm a little worried that if I just share this with the family, they're going to eat all of it and there's going to be nothing left for me. You know, that's where my anxiety went. So I kind of portioned my pieces, you know, in advance, had two little separate containers. And then I brought those side dishes and everyone loved them. And I was able to sit and participate in the meal. I knew what else was going to be there. Uh, you know, I, I think 
there, uh, one of the biggest pieces that gets missed by people when it comes to thinking about pre preparing for the holidays and preparing to go into the holidays when you're going to be following your, an eating plan is communicating with the people that love you, communicating with the people you're going to be sharing that day with and making sure that they understand where you're coming from. And, you know, one of the questions that, that came up in, you know, the, the, the question box that I put out there about this topic, you know, several people brought up things about feeling pressure from family members to eat food or feeling pressure when a family member says it's only one day, can't you just take one day off? Realizing it's okay to have conversations, you know, to cut those conversations off before they even happen, like have them in advance, you know, talk to some people and say, look, I'm going to be seeing keto for Thanksgiving. I'm going to be bringing some things. I hope that that's okay. And I need to do this for me. I'm doing this to take care of myself. And that pre-conversation, I think, can help on some levels. But it also prepares you for that person who starts nudging you and says, oh, doesn't that pie look really good? Don't you want some pie? Like you're able to say, you know, I found a way of eating that really is helping me. And it's giving me some freedom from some issues I have with food. I, I hope you can respect that. And I think it's really hard for a friend or a family member that cares about you to look you in the face and then still keep pushing you when you tell them that you're doing something to take care of yourself. Like, I think that honesty, though, is hard, you know, and it can be scary and it can feel weird and it can be, it, you know, there are some people that get, get anxiety thinking about being the odd person out at a, at a dinner, you know, the person who's either not partaking in something or not having something. And I think that's a really personal place to go to and figure out what's important to you. But for me, especially those first few years, I was prioritizing my health. I, I knew that my why was saving my life. And if you're out there listening to this and your why is wanting to be around for more holidays, and that's the way I put it to some people, you know, why am I not having that food today? Because I want to be here next year. I want to be here five years from now. So if your goal is to earn yourself more holidays, you know, maybe it's okay to kind of go into it with, with some prep, go into it with some plans, you know, figure out what are the things that you're going to need. And, and give it some thought. So then when the day actually comes, it's it's less about having to be stressed about your plans and more about having all those pieces be in place. So know that it can be okay to say no. It can be okay to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that person that goes wild. You know, and if someone out there is listening and they're like, well, I am going to go wild. Well, that's great. Like, I, I honestly think it's about being okay with yourself and not worrying about what anyone else is going to think about the choices you make that day. You know, there are, this is usually the time of year where you're going to see some people, you know, influencers on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter going hard at saying that restricting yourself at the holidays is damaging and it's, it's going to ruin you and it's going to hurt you. And I just think that's the wrong perspective to take. I think every person needs to make their choices based on where they're at in that moment. You know, take a snapshot of your life where you're at. Don't compare your journey to anyone else's. Don't compare your choices to anyone else's and know that you can do what you feel is best for you. And that can be, you know, a hundred different things. But as long as you feel good about the choices you're making and you feel like you're not making a choice because you're pressured by someone else or you're allowing yourself to make cho bad choices because you feel like you, you are allowed to on that day. Like if you're solid about your choices and you feel good about them, whatever they are, I don't feel like you can go wrong. No, I agree with that. I mean, I 100%. You said that very well. And that kind of like, actually, actually, what you just said at the very end there leads into like, really my stitch here is like, the idea of like empowerment versus restriction. I feel like that mm -hmm. while while with like eating a ketogenic diet or eating, you know, paleo or whatever, a whole food diet, people tend to go, Oh, well, don't restrict yourself. Like, like, 
Um, and I also find that most people that most influencers that say don't restrict yourself just want to get justified for eating fat foods, which if they want to, that's fine. But don't call it not restricting. What you're doing is you're empowering yourself to be okay with those foods. Somebody else has every right to empower themselves to not be okay with those foods. And you have no mm -hmm. right to tell them that they're restricting. And I think that, you know, j not just the keto diet, but letting that bleed into the holidays. It's like, well, why are you restricting? And, you know, you're, you know, you don't have to be restriction and empowerment are both perceptions. They're not the truth. Like, the truth is a very gray area when it comes to the food groups that we choose to eat. And it can either be a perspective of restriction or it can be a perspective of empowerment. It can either be, oh, I can't eat that or it's, I choose not to eat that. And both of those are perspectives on your relationship with food. Um, and it can be interchangeable depending on how you, how you decide to perceive it. And bleeding into the holidays, right? I think also it's not just like, the people around us that go, ooh, you can't have pie, ooh, you can't have this, right? But it's also ourselves, right? Like when we go into the holidays going, man, I can't have that food. Man, I, I can't have this. I can't have that. And it begins like this depressive thought process towards the holidays where when you get there, you just have all this built up, pent up anxiety about like, oh, I have to avoid this food at all costs. Oh, I have to avoid this food at all costs. And while, yes, like that anxiety will definitely be lessened by, you know, if you miss the garlic cheesy bread that they make and you just know right now you don't want that food or you can't have that food, right? Obviously, having like a keto version would be a great plan to have ahead of time. But on top of that, I challenge you going into Thanksgiving this year to not go, oh, I can't have that. Look at it and go, that makes me feel bad. That makes me feel like I'm not in control. So because of that, I'm going to choose not to have it. I'm going to choose something that tastes pretty good, pretty similar, but empowers me to be healthy and be in that moment in a healthy mindset. And I think that going into it with that kind of empowerment perspective is so powerful and it is life changing. And I think a lot of like, you know, I think it also helps with people pushing you, right? Like we, we have all dealt with that, especially when you're keto, especially in the holidays, we all deal that with the Christmas cookies and all of that. And to be honest, I've seen family members that have gone keto in my own family that have gone keto and they had this sense of restriction about them. Whereas I've developed over time a very much a sense of empowerment, right? Like they are like, I can't have the Christmas cookies. I'm like, I don't want the Christmas cookies. And it's different on how outsiders handle that, right? Like when they know that they feel restricted, then other people treat them like they're restricted and they go, oh, well, you can have one. It's just Christmas, right? There tends to be that talking into and that kind of teasing on. Whereas with me, like my, my family does not bother me because they know that if I'm going to eat it, I'll choose to eat it. If I don't want it, I don't want it. And nothing you say is going to change my mind, right? Because I'm empowered to make my own decisions. And so I feel like not just from an internal perspective, but from an external perspective, having that idea of being empowered can go a long way and not even like eating keto on the holidays. Like if you choose to have a food outside of it, being empowered to, that's why I love that you brought that up. Being empowered to make that decision makes all the difference because if you're making that decision out of restrictive impulse, then you're much more likely to go off the rails once you start eating it. But if you empower yourself to have that scoop of potato salad that grandma made um, or whatever you decide to have, if that's an empowered choice, then while you're doing it, you're still in control and it gives you a much better chance 
I almost say 100% satisfaction guarantee kind of chance of pulling back and going back on plan the next moment after you're done enjoying that moment. But when you go at it from like this impulsive restrictive mindset, it's very easy because once you decide to eat off plan, now you feel like you're out of control because you were restricted. Right. And so like you kind of broke the rules. And so now it's like, well, I've already messed up. Might as well keep going. And all I'm saying is that having a restrictive mindset, both from, you know, staying on plan internally and externally, but also getting off plan for a moment, um, can really lead down a bad rabbit hole. But when you're empowered to make those decisions, it can really give you that sense of control to kind of stay on path. And so I just, I want to encourage people that are listening to this, like guys, like adopt, if you adopt a perspective and perception of empowerment towards your food choices, it can make such a difference in sustainability and your overall diet and also balance during the holidays. No, I completely agree. And I know there's probably someone out there listening that thinks it's it's a discussion of semantics, you know, that it's, you know, what is empower, what does that empowerment even mean? But really, the more you kind of get into that mindset, you know, the easier it gets to, to feel like you are the person driving, you know, the, sh- the, the ship, you're the person who leads you in different places. And I think you're right. Like, I think when we as as individuals, especially individuals that have food issues, whether it's a food addiction or just food obsessions or, or just general problems with portion control, when it's almost like we look for reasons to allow ourselves to make bad choices by labeling it as being out of control, by labeling, labeling it as something that we can't control. And that is that perspective difference. Like there may be some foods that you know you can't control. There are some foods that I know that even right now I could not control what I would want to do with them. So I choose to not, you know, I, I know that I feel better when I, when I avoid those foods, but the idea that you abdicate responsibility then allows you just to get worse. It allows you to kind of snowball into this place of where now you're off track, not just for Thanksgiving, but Christmas is soon anyway. So I might as well stay off track and I'll just wait till January to get back on. Mm. Like you innate, you enable that behavior within yourself. Whereas instead, if you make a choice, whatever that choice is, you are accepting the consequences of that choice. You're accepting what comes with that. And some of those consequences, consequences isn't always a bad word. You know, consequences can be a good thing. You know, the idea that you make choices on that holiday that allow you to be right back, you know, where you want to be the next day. That's fantastic. And that feels like a win. Like you, you said that, like there is something really empowering that if you have fell out of control at the holidays before by making some empowered choices, you can then realize that it's it's not the boogeyman that we make it out to be. You know, Halloween is supposed to be the scary holiday, but I think for people that are dealing with weight loss and, you know, other health issues, it's the, the holidays that focus a little bit more on the, these giant meals that tend to be the real scary things. And you start to see it in the light of day for what it is. You know, it's a meal that you have control over what your choices are going to be. And one of the things I know we'll talk about, like we're kind of in my, the mindset place right now, but we're actually going to, we'll probably spend some time actually talking about keto options that you can, mm-hmm. you know, replace some of those things that are good for you. You know, those, those sense memories and those emotional connections you have with foods that you want to keep around. We'll give some ideas on, on things that you can put in that place that might help. But in general, having that perspective that you're the one that's laying out the plan for what you're going to do for that holiday, I just think is so empowering. And it's funny that you brought that up that way because I actually had that discussion with one of my clients this week, just about her eating in general, you know, not about the holidays coming up or anything along those lines, but 
we were having a discussion and it was going from coming from this place of, of restriction and negativity. You know, well, I just feel like because I can't have that and because I can't have that. And I, I was like, hold up, stop. Let's stop talking about this as punishment. You know, you are not following a ketogenic diet to punish yourself. You're following a ketogenic diet to give yourself the gift of health. You're giving yourself more life. You're giving yourself greater access to the world because you're making these choices. So don't see a way of eating as a punishment. It's when we get into that place that we tend to push back and end up with, with challenges and problems. But instead, staying in that place of seeing it as an empowered decision, one that I'm making for really good reasons. And you know what you're, you know, you should have a good sense of your why and have a good handle on that. And maybe even revisit it the day before the holiday. So you have it clearly in your mind. But when you make those choices for those reasons, it ends up being a win for you in the end. And you end up coming out of it feeling even better. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk, I'm sure, a little bit about, you know, that idea of trying to get to that place of focusing more on people than on food. But just in general, like, make your choices of what you're going to do with your food and feel good about the fact that you're making those choices and feel like it's your right to be able to do that. 100%. I could have not have said that better. So I want to, I actually want to dive into the questions. I feel like in terms of like mindset, I feel like we both have our strong place that we feel towards the holidays um, and they, they complement each other. But I feel like before we get into the food, which is a lot of Q, there's Q and A questions about that too. And I, I'm sure we both have great ideas, but I kind of want to answer some of the Q and A questions that um, surround mindset since we're on that kind of that side of things right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Goku's 24 asked, cause you actually just talked about this, uh, how to get back on track in the weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That is a fantastic, fantastic question. And this is going to sound like a broken record, but I'm telling you, it goes back to empowerment. Think about this for a second. I want to challenge you. If you're listening to this right now and you had the exact same question or, or you asked this question, um, I want you to think about this for a second. Why is it getting off track? Why do you even have the thought in your head that on Thanksgiving, you're going to go quote unquote off track? Right. What if instead you went into Thanksgiving Day going, I'm going to choose to eat these foods and I'm going to be okay with that decision. And then tomorrow I'm going to eat the foods that are on my general lifestyle and part of my general lifestyle again. And I'm not going to eat these foods that I ate today. And you make this empowered decision to do that. Now you're not going off track. You're not cheating. Right. And this sense of empowerment makes it much easier to bounce back. I think also having the ability to see the holiday as just a holiday and it's not it's not this like it's not like it's not like thanksgiving bleeds into the next day but i think it also so it comes down to like having that empowered mindset but also like being honest with yourself if there are i understand if you don't want to be on keto during thanksgiving and that's fine that's your choice you are empowered to do so um however like if there are certain foods that you know are going to trigger you to want more into the next day, then you should take time to empower yourself to choose to not eat those foods and be okay with that decision. Oh, completely. And the, the thing I found kind of funny about that question was we haven't hit Thanksgiving yet. So it's almost like the question implies that something's going to happen on Thanksgiving. You know, something's going to happen to take that person off track on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, so I, I, my initial reaction is 
well, why is that going to happen in the first place? You know, like yeah, that's exactly. the whole that's <laughs> that's the whole side discussion. Like we're we're still a couple of weeks away. You have time to plan. Uh, I I think the bigger thing, like you said, is like we and a lot of people experts have have pointed this out many times. There are 365 days in the year. Thanksgiving and Christmas, or Thanksgiving and Hanukkah, or Thanksgiving and whatever other holiday you're celebrating, is one or two days. If it was just those one or two days and the one meal on those days that were the problem, none of us would have real problems with these holidays and with the, with the food. It's the idea that we treat it as a food season that I think is the bigger the bigger perspective. So I think you have to realize that time between the Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day is not a weird time when it comes to your food. You know, see it as this is, you know, you're going to be making the choices that you need to make that move you closer towards to your goals. And so if you do decide to take those days off, like you feel like you feel solid to do that, realize that that's two days out of, you know, the 50 or 60 days that are left in the year. You know, it's not that there's this entire like season of punishment ahead, you know, or season of fear or season of attack, of food attack. And yes, it's going to be there. You know, it's going to be people are going to show up with things and send gifts and the stores are going to have sales and you know, all of that's still going to happen, but that's happening almost year round now lately. It seems like with food, there's always another, re you know, the fact that we celebrate, especially on social media, you know, we celebrate national hot dog day and national hamburger day and national white pizza day and national cheese pizza day and national pepperoni pizza day. You know, we have turned every day in a year in the year into a food holiday, you know, go back to looking at these holidays as special times and realize that those are the real, those are the real moments and be empowered to make the choices you're going to make. If you do, I'll say, though, like, take this from a hypothetical standpoint, and this is where my answer to this question is, is one that sometimes people push back against. I know you won't, but I'm talking about the person who's, <laughs> who's making those choices. So say Thanksgiving comes and you screw up Thanksgiving. You know, you had your plan in place and it fell apart and you made some bad choices. When you go to bed that night, process that. Think about what you could have done differently. And then think about what is going to make tomorrow better. And you know what that's going to be. It's going to be being, following your plan. It's going to be following the pieces that you put in place and just commit to doing it. How do you get back on track? You get back on track. There's no magic. There's no trick. There's no formula. It's how do you get back on track? Get back on that track. You know what that track is. And if you went off track because you didn't have a clearly defined track, find the resource you need to help you define what those steps should be for you. You know, if you need to find a different way of eating or a different plan, or you need to adjust your macros, or you need to talk to someone, whether that's an account, like the other thing I think is, is really important to think about during the holidays, especially if no one else in your family, especially if no one else in your family is eating keto, find an accountability partner, find a buddy. You know, if you're working with a coach, yeah. they're going to be a great person to help you. But if you're, you know, reach out to someone else you follow on, on Instagram or on social media somewhere and say, hey, I'm, I'm a little nervous about sticking to my plan during the holidays. Can I just talk through with you what I'm planning to do? Can I share that? You know, and, and you can give me some feedback or you can just tell me that you'll check in with me and we can talk at the end of the day. You know, build that accountability into what you're doing so that you find yourself not in a place where you're feeling off track. But if you wake up the day after Thanksgiving and you're like, oh, crap, I don't feel good. I screwed that up. Sit with yourself. Almost, I almost say like sit in the mirror and say, I made some choices yesterday, but today's choices are going to be better. You know, it's that idea of sometimes on these journeys, especially if you have a really long journey, you know, we sometimes think about 
you know, to lose 200 pounds, I need to lose 200 pounds. And that's not really it. You need to lose one pound 200 times. You know, to eat a thousand healthy meals, you don't have to plan to eat a thousand healthy meals. You have to eat one healthy meal at a time. Think about your choices on the microscopic level and think about that it's okay to wake up the next morning and say, okay, I need water. You know, I'm going to make sure today I'm, I'm, I'm hydrated. I'm going to make sure I drink enough water today and I'm going to make sure I have my food prepared. I know what my, my plan should be with food. I'm going to commit to doing that. You know, commit to getting yourself back on track is the way to do it. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think that's great advice. I like the, uh, you know, like it's it's two days out of the year. And, you know, it's like attack of the pies once Thanksgiving passes over. You know, like it's like the rest of the it's like the rest of the year is just like you know uh, holiday food galore. And yeah. That's that that we 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 make that perspective perception right that's not like the reality the reality is is like once thanksgiving is over like the next friday so it's on thursday friday when you wake up it's just like any other friday right literally it's like any other friday um and yeah i agree like okay something and this isn't like to sell or promote or anything like i don't care who you get coached by but the idea that you should wait i understand it's a culture thing right like new year new year's resolutions blah 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 and like like you should wait till after the holidays to have a coach no Having a coach at the holidays is one of the smartest investments you'll ever make in your life. And I really, really mean that mm. because having that accountability now is going to save you from having to rebound so hard in the future. Right. I think I, I you know, people that decide to wait simply because they know they're going to have a bad holiday season. I think that that is dumb. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. I think that's dumb. <laughs> um so yeah, just something to think about, right? Like, like get some accountability around you. And I think that what you said there, Mike, was great. Like, get an accountability buddy, get a coach, get in part of a group, talk to them, plan ahead, and you know, and have people that you can bounce ideas off and be convinced to when you're frustrated. You know, and they can kind of relate with what you're going through. And you know, if you did have a bad day or, or whatever. No, I think you're. I think you're. Uh, and, and and something I would say too, like, because I'm sure the people that are planning to eat off plan on the holidays right now are a little bit like. Are they going to say anything that's going to help me? Like in the middle too, I would say, so if you're deciding that Thanksgiving, you're not going to track or you're going to eat whatever you want to eat. Here's some big advice I'm going to give you. Don't take anything home with you that night. Or if that you're hosting the mm. holiday at your house, make sure it all leaves. Because then the next day, you're not sitting there staring at a container of leftovers. You're not looking at leftover pie. You're not looking at leftover cake. You're not looking at, you know, Eight, eight pounds of mashed potatoes that you don't want to have around like figure out how best to make sure that you know you don't end up carrying any of those bad choices you know those choices that you know were off your plan you know bad i guess is a is a value judgment but off plan choices you don't carry them into the next day don't get back on how do you get back on track the next day make sure that you're not bringing any of those things that challenge you into your house or loving them to stay in your house like it's okay you know to to set some of those boundaries. And at the end of the day, like I've done it where if I've made something that I knew I was going to have some on a holiday, but I didn't want to have some the day after and not everyone took enough with them when they left, I got rid of it. You know, and I dealt with feeling bad about getting, you know, trashing food, but I knew it was better for it not to be sitting in my fridge when I woke up the next morning than it would be if it was there. I think that's great advice. I was going to say that too. I was like, you know what? And people aren't going to like me saying this, but if you cannot get it away, throw it away yeah. and realize that the idea of wasting food 
is like this idea that like you're wasting something that could build or benefit you or feed you. But if it's not feeding you to, towards your goals and the holiday is over, then it, you aren't wasting it. You're, you're getting rid of something that's adding no value to your goals or health. So don't think of it as like wasting food. You're getting rid of something that's not going to aid you at all going forward. It's not going to aid anybody else. I mean, feel free to go find a homeless person or, or somebody and, you know, go give it to somebody if you can. But, you know, if, if that's not an option, like just throw it away and be okay with that decision because wasting is a, again, it's, it's perspective, right? Like if it was like, if it was like a steak and you just were worried you were going to binge eat. So instead of putting it in the freezer, you chunked it in the trash. It's one thing. But I mean, if you have pumpkin pie on the table, like, and you don't want it there anymore, like throw it away. Like you're not going to hurt anybody. You're not going to save anybody's health or, or a bit, you're not going to give anybody the ability to eat food by getting rid of something that's going to be detrimental to your goals. And the other thing that comes into that, I think as well, is there's probably some people listening that are living with spouses and children and, that are not following the same way of eating. And if you, mm. you know that food's going to be in the house for them, it's okay to say to them, this food is, you know, even it's just because you're saying it out loud. Okay, these leftovers are yours. They're not mine. You know, you're you draw that line. You know, you you kind of create those boundaries for yourself. And that's a big, that's a whole, I think, another topic. You know, living with someone else that isn't following the same way of eating for you. I'm sure we could do an hour on that. But I just want you to to think about like it's it's okay to make one choice on one day and make a different choice the next day. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100. percent uh okay so these two questions go together um it's david and sean and then simo one or simo 1212 so david and dave and sean said asked the feeling of being a fun suck when everyone's like it's just one day and i politely decline carbs um and then simo said best response to family questioning why you aren't partaking in all the quote-unquote good foods I think those I think those go in hand in hand. So I think that it's good to answer both at the same time. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, so I think you're right. I think they're two very similar questions. Um, there's two things in, with these questions for me. One, I think there's a personal perspective shift that has to happen. That you're only a fun suck if you define yourself as a fun suck. No one else gets to oh, define yeah. you as that. So I think first of all, realize <laughs> that no, you know, have that be empowered to say that it's not about, I'm not ruining anyone's, what I eat has zero impact on anyone else. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like I've had points on my journey where I knew I couldn't control certain foods, like especially at the holidays. And I sat with my grandmother and I said, I'm sorry, I'm not having that pie that you made. You know, I'm not going to do that. And and there were probably some people who were like, oh, I could never do that. But realize that any person who gets hurt and offended because what you eat affects their fun has bigger problems themselves that are not within yep. your power to control. So realize yep. it goes back to this idea of you can only control yourself. You can only control how you react to the situation. So even if someone says to you, well, hey, why aren't you going to have it? It's just one day. You can say one of the things that I would say that I have said is I've had more than enough of those just one days in my life to cause me problems. So to me, it's not just one day. To me, it would turn into just one week and then one month and then it's a year. And, you know, I'm back to where I started. So for me, every day is important. So I'm going to make these choices today for myself. And like I said, be real with it. Like if someone is pushing you because and they think they're being funny, I think it's okay to say to that person, I know you're joking and I know you think you're just you're just having fun. 
but this isn't funny to me. This is really serious. You know, the choices I make about my about food and the choices I make about my health are really important to me. So I'm making these choices today because I want to be here with you for more holidays. And the way I was going, I don't think I was going to be. So I hope you can respect that. And then you put that person in that place of having to say out loud to you, I don't respect you. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, if you say to them, I hope you can respect my choices, the, their only options are saying, okay, you know, okay, I'll back off. Or they have to say out loud, I don't respect your choices. I feel bad about eating pie and I want you to be eating pie with me. Like, don't take their, don't take responsibility for their feelings about food realize that it's okay for you to make your choices and that your choices around food have no impact on that person as much as they want to make it seem like it does it doesn't and don't take responsibility for that make them take responsibility for that yeah no i you 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 hit that nail right on the head the one thing i was going to say was most of the time when and, and understand this fact everybody that's listening most of the time when you decide to stay on plan for your betterment, the only reason they say anything is because you sticking to health makes them feel bad and they need justification for eating the way they're eating. And so that they claw at you so that you give in because that justifies that what they're doing is okay. Nine times out of 10, that is what is going on. I'm not speaking for everybody, but nine times out of 10, that is what is going on. So understand that have perspective, a broader perspective of not just like what's going on with you, but also try to understand the place that they're coming from in terms of, you know, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Passive aggressiveness mm -hmm. and let them be right. And, and as Mike said, Mike said that beautifully, like stand your ground, say it and right. And if they, they do, they only have two choices. They can either leave you alone or they have to outright say, yeah, you're making me feel bad. And I need you to eat pie with me so that I feel justified in eating my pie. And one of the things I've even gone on to say to those people is what you eat doesn't affect me. You know, say it to them, you know, so mirror, mirror the behavior you want, you know, mirror the good behavior that you want to see back from them. You know, mm -hmm. if you're enjoying that pie, I really want you to enjoy it. You know, if you're choosing to have that pie, you know, do it. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't make, and sometimes because I think people put themselves in your shoes and, you know, they might be thinking, Oh, if I wasn't eating pie right now, I would be really upset. So Mike must be really upset that he's not eating pie. It, it's like, no, I'm not. And I'm, I'm letting you, you know, I'm letting you know, it's okay for you. Like that. I think that is another piece of it. Like they feel like you're judging them, you know? And I think it's okay then to, to let them know I'm not judging anything that you're doing. I'm more worried about what's on my plate than I am about what's on anyone else's. And if they choose to believe yeah. that, that's great. If they don't, again, that's their choice, but you know, it, you're going to get some of those people that just feel like you're scrutinizing everything they're doing because that's how we react as human beings. You know, just realize, you know, it's okay sometimes to say, look, I don't care. You know, it, it doesn't impact me. You know, your choices are not going to affect me today. No, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that 100%. And it's actually interesting. I have a, a quick story. I kind of went through that whole process one time and I'm telling you, like, the genuine, the genuineness in it, if that's even a word, um, can be beautiful if it's played out right, right? So I was, it was like when I first went keto and we were at a barbecue and I got two patties, some salsa and some pork rinds and like, that's all I ate. And one of my family members was like, bro, you're not going to have buns. Like we're at this thing. Like it's one time. Are you really that freaking serious? You know? And, um, 
you know, kind of like an overweight uh, brother of mine. And, and I was like, I'm dead serious. I'm like, this is the way I eat. I love, and I choose to eat this way. If I wanted buns, I would eat them, but I don't want them. Um, I hope that's okay with you because that's how I eat. And he was like, no, man, it's cool. It's cool. And then later he was eating a piece of pie and he's like, what? I know it's crap. And I'm like, no, bro, is it good? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Right. Like, like, like enjoy the food you choose to eat. And he looks so puzzled because the way I responded to him was not the way he had responded to me with the differing in our food choices. Uh, and I think that that was empowering for me. That gave me confidence and the fact that I can control not only the food I eat, but how I respond to people that aren't eating like me. And then I don't have to respond to them the way that they're responding to me, right? I'm empowered to make the better decision to be the bigger person, be more stoic, right? In nature. Um, but also I hope that in time that empowers them to realize that their food choices are their own. And hopefully that leads to more responsibility, which leads to more self-care, which leads to better food choices. So I think that it, it plays all the way around, right? You can be that light in people's lives as it pertains to their relationship with food as well, if you handle it correctly. No, I think that makes complete sense. Uh, okay, so we kind of addressed this already, but I kind of, um, she asked two questions, so I want to dive into them. It was Laura D. Rahan. Laura, Laura, I don't, I'm sorry, I butchered that. Laura, D-R-A-H-A-N asks, how do you avoid temptation when your family doesn't eat keto, but you do? And then how do you avoid pressure to eat certain foods? Uh, I'll just answer it real quick because I feel like, I feel like we kind of covered this already, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, um, you know, it's interesting. So like when it comes to temptation, personally speaking, as it pertains to the pressure, uh, I feel like we covered that pretty well, right? Like, like just empower yourself to know like how to handle the conversations. When it comes to temptation, though, uh, I think that we all are tempted by foods. Like, I used to be a pumpkin pie fiend. Like, before I went keto, me and my uncle Arthur used to have races, and we used to see who could eat an entire pumpkin pie first. That's not a joke. That happened every Thanksgiving. Um, and, you know... I look at pumpkin pie now and I love pumpkin pie. I think pumpkin pie tastes amazing. But when I look at it, even though there's a moment of temptation, there's a moment of, ooh, that pie looks good. I smell it. I'm like, ooh, I know immediately in my head that it's going to not make me feel good. And I don't know if that might lead to me eating more of it, right? Like, I don't know if I have self-control around pumpkin pie because I haven't had it since I went keto and mm -hmm. I'm not willing to take that chance. And that's my empowered decision to do so. So I think the best way to fight temptation is one, to not act like it'll ever go away. I think temptation is just something that's there. And even if you stop having temptation of bread, there'll be something else at some point that tempts you. You'll have a bad day and you'll just want to eat a Hershey's chocolate bar. You'll want that ice cream. A new flavor of something will come out and it entices you. We're always gonna deal with temptation. It's more of creating reflexes and boundaries around how you respond to temptation, right? And like, so like for, my, for me, it's like when something tempts me, I immediately think about, how is that going to affect my body? Is it worth it? And nine times out of 10, it always leads to no. And at that one time out of 10, it does lead to yes, like maybe a Lily's chocolate bar or keto ice cream, pint of ice cream, or maybe a Quest bar or, or whatever I decide to have. Um, if that one time out of 10, it is like, you know what, this is worth it in this moment. It's not going to affect me that bad. And I'm craving it. I'll enjoy that. And I'm empowered to make that decision. Um, but the other nine times, it's always, you know, that sounds good in this split millisecond, but I know it's I know or I don't know where it's going to lead and it's not worth it. And I walk away. So I think it's not trying to like avoid temptation. I think it's having 
empowered boundaries that you have confidence in around temptation. That's the trick. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's a good way. That's a good way to put it. 100%. I love it. Um, okay. Let's get into the, let's get into the actual, the actual stuff we all want to talk about the food. <laughs> um, now that we're done talking about how to avoid food, let's talk about the food. Um, so keto Mary asks favorite holiday keto dessert. Uh, that's a good question. What's yours? Uh, because on it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I think for me, like, because I think everyone expects this time of year things to be like pumpkin breads and, and pumpkin pie and, 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 you know, pieces along those lines. And I like the pumpkin stuff, you know, like I, I, I'm a, I'm a big, big fan. Um, I think for me, though, there, there still can be too many, you know, even some of the keto recipes for pumpkin pie can be a little out of control with some of the stuff that goes into them. So I've, I've tried those and haven't really had those, you know, work out the best for me. Like I, I tend to think, um, I, I want to find something that maybe hits more like, okay, I'm going to have a dessert today. So for me, when I think about, you know, holidays and that kind of thing, like I want to make, and, and this, I'm not a, an affiliate for this brand. I'm not trying to sell this on anyone or anything along those lines, but goodies, blondies, you know, doctored up either with some extra nuts or adding some, some sugar-free chocolate to them or white chocolate. You know, those hit that moment for me. Those those kind of hit the dessert for me uh, on the holidays. And I also really like that I can portion them and freeze the ones that I'm not going to eat and, you know, have those to pull out when I want to pull them out. Like one of the things that I've done the past few years is make a batch of something like that. Um, also, I really like Keto & Co's brownies are fantastic. I've done mm -hmm. the same thing with those. Mm -hmm. I make them at Thanksgiving and I portion and freeze the other, you know, more than half the pan to bring back out at Christmas, you know, to have it a different time, you know, and find a way to, to, to make that work out for me. So I think about it from the perspective of what is the thing that I'm not normally eating that I would probably want to enjoy at a, with a holiday meal when everyone's having dessert. And so I do something along those lines. That said, I am also currently, you know, you know, I, I have, I've made miracle rice pudding, you know, as something that I love um, and have played around with a lot. And I'm actually working on kind of a pumpkin-fied version of that that might be my holiday dessert this year. Uh, I'm doing some recipe testing, so we'll see we'll see how that turns out. But I think it's about finding, you know, when it comes to thinking about if you're going to have a tree along those lines, think about it as something that you know you have, you know, you can make a good choice with that fits in with what you're doing. And, you know, go for the flavors. Like, find something that has the intense flavors. Don't try to scratch an itch that, you know, you're going to end up with something being kind of bland and not really working out for you, or the pie doesn't set or the crust isn't the way you'd want it to be, you know, find something that you think you would really enjoy, you know, and make that choice. So for me, it tends to be more of like a blondie or a brownie. I like it. So I'm more direct. My favorite, my favorite keto dessert by far, hands down on the holidays is chocolate Swiss pie from ruled me. Mm. Go to www.ruled.me and Google or search in the search tab, chocolate Swiss pie. I've made two YouTube videos about this pie. I'm going to make another one this year. <laughs> it is my, I mean, it is, it is, it's an almond, it's an almond flour crust and it's this thick, like, like cheesecake, like textured chocolate mousse filling. And it is, 
Oh, little chili, little Lily's chocolate chips on top is oh, it's um, it it gives chocolate pudding pie a run for its money. I mean, I would put it up against any chocolate pie on the Christmas table, hands down. Fight me about it, and it doesn't do anything to your blood sugar. And I can have a, I can have, I can have a slice, and it's so dense, and it's so rich, and it's so velvety that literally one slice of that, and I don't mm. want any more. But that slice is perfect. Like it, it, it hits all of it for me. And I really don't really care. Like I could eat more, obviously. Like I'm a fiend when it comes to chocolate pie. I could obviously eat the whole thing if I really wanted to. Um, but in terms of like actually like, you know, being self-aware, listening to my hunger cues, understanding when I'm satisfied, which I've developed over, you know, uh, these two years of being in recovery from bulimia. Um, I know like one slice and I'm good, dude. I'm good. So definitely for me, it's one of those that hits all the spots. So I would definitely give it a try if I was you. Um, so, yeah. It also answers the question from Just Holly's Bugsy Sweets, how to curb those cravings when everyone around is eating pie. There you go. Make that pie and make them all try it. And then when they go, oh, my gosh, this is amazing, go, ha, it doesn't have sugar in it, and point your finger at them. That's what I do. <laughs> mm. Well, <laughs> I think that's great. I think the other thing, like avoiding sweets when other people are eating them, here's here's something else I'm going to throw out there as an idea of a quote-unquote dessert, a, a keto-friendly dessert to have um, at, at the holidays. Um, make up a really nice cheese board, like a cheese plate. Um, oh, you know? yeah. And so if you know that sweets are going to be something that triggers you and is going to send you off into this place that you don't, you're, you're worried about that challenge or you're just not sure if you're ready for it, like understand it's okay instead. You know, like I love a really good cheese, like getting some really well aged sharp cheddar or some really good aged Gouda, something that's going to pack a ton of flavor into a really small portion. Like it's really almost hard to overeat it because, you know, bland cheeses you can shovel in all day. But those really strong flavored cheese, it's like I, you know, a smoked blue cheese, something along those lines, like enjoy almost like a small cheese plate for yourself and share. And you're going to find out when you share something like that, that other people are going to enjoy it, too. So, you know, it can be something that you bring to share with people at a, at a, at a dinner, but, you know, save, save, give yourself something savory, you know, as your treat, like realize that it doesn't have to always be about having the same exact thing as the people around you are eating. It can just be about the fact that you're choosing to kind of partake in that moment with them. 100%. I totally agree with that. Uh, okay. So there's three questions left because one of, but because one of them is in Russian, so I can't even ask it. Yeah, don't. Um, but <laughs> there's three other questions. Uh, we'll leave telecrons for last because that'll be fun. Um, Jen's weight is and Sean uh, Ayala asked, I think their questions kind of go hand in hand. Uh, Jen asked, how to control emotional overeating? And then Sean. Ayala asks, getting started, holiday season brings holiday depression for some. What's a good way to get started, I believe is what he's asking. He didn't finish yeah. his question. Uh, I think that those two go in together. What are your thoughts on those? So I think how to control emotional overeating is a question and a challenge most of us face year round. So there's a couple of things. First, I would say is Think about how you've been approaching your emotions and your relationship to food already and realize that your emotions are going to be intensified and everything is going to be heightened because it's quote unquote the holidays. But think about what have been the pieces that have already given you some sense of control during during this time. Honestly, I, I think if you know, you know, you're going to have trouble, 
you know, just whether, you know, at the holidays, sometimes we're around people that we're not always around, although this year that may be a little bit different, but I want this to have a timeless feel to it as well. Um, if you're going to be seeing family members or people along those lines that you know are going to bring up some emotions, you know, that could be negative for you and turning to food is usually the, the, the challenge that you have. I think it's good in advance to identify the triggers, identify the conversations you want to avoid, identify the situations that are going to be challenging for you and have a plan of attack, have a plan for escape and know that it's okay to take care of yourself. Know that it's okay that if at some point you need to pull yourself out of a situation, that that's okay. You know, it's okay to, to say if, uh, okay, I'm, uh, I'm surrounded by all of this food and it's starting to, I'm starting to feel like I'm going to start picking at it or I'm going to dive in you know, I need a five minute walk, you know, I'm going to put a jacket on, I'm going to go outside, maybe it'll be chilly, you know, go get some, you know, take a couple deep breaths in the cool air. Um, or if it, you're somewhere warm, you know, go outside and sweat a little bit. But understand that it's okay to realize that you need to kind of situation situationally handle yourself. Um, I honestly, I, I think that's where a good, a, a good tool like journaling comes into play. You know, sit down in advance of the holidays and, and write down, you know, what you think are going to be the, the moments that challenge you. What are the ways you want to handle them and have a plan in place and understand that feeling through the emotions is is never a bad thing. But reacting to them, you know, can be that the way we react to those triggers. So understand that you might need to put some things in place. And if honestly, I, I don't want to keep beating this, you know, beating a dead horse with this, but if you need to know that you have the phone number of someone, you know, an accountability partner, that if you're running into a challenge and you want to be able to talk to someone on that day, you know, find someone that you say, hey, if I get into a bind, can we can I talk to you for a few minutes if I just need to talk through something? You know, I need to reach out to someone because you might not feel you can do that with the people that are there with you or you might feel like they might not understand. So long story short, <coughs> I think. It, it comes down to preparation and self-awareness of what it, what might be triggering for you during those times. Like what might be the things that you need to watch out for? Don't obsess about the fact that they're definitely going to happen. I think that's the the other way that pendulum can swing and you start to get war you get too worried and feel paralyzed. But instead, just feel again, like John said, feel empowered to make good choices for yourself. And if you start to feel like something is is being a triggering moment for you emotionally, you know, understand that it's okay to take a breather. It's okay to take a few minutes to yourself just to kind of center yourself and feel like you have control of the situation. Yeah, no, I agree that 100%. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything to add to that. It's all about perception and then putting things in place that are going to help keep you feeling in control or at least bring the reins back in if you start to feel like they're loosening. Yeah. Um, and and I, I do think... You know, the other question is a little bit different, you know, on some levels, like, you know, how to get yeah. how to get started, especially how to get like you were saying, like you made a really great point. Like it's, you know, if we want to give ourselves permission to go crazy for two months and then get started, you know, that's one thing. But if you realize that the holidays is the holiday season is one of your most challenging times and you want to get started on a, on a healthier way of eating during this time, know that that's OK, too. So it's OK to figure out, you know put into place, like get involved. You know, I honestly, obviously I think, you know, for all the challenges I've had with Instagram lately, you know, I still think that the, the, the community on Instagram is a great place to be sharing the, the challenges you're facing and, you know, draw some strength from other people's, you know, draw some inspiration from other people, you know, 
find an accountability group, find a Facebook support group, you know, find a place where other people are going through some of the similar challenges. But also, and again, I, I hate throwing disclaimers up there. It's not a, not a commercial, but if now is the time that you want to, to get started on your health journey, it's okay to say, I don't want to wait and I want to get started and I want to start working with someone. So you start to investigate, you know, which coaching option might be great with you, who you might want to work with if you want to find someone to help you have some greater support during this time. You know, so how do you get how do you get started during the holidays when you there's all these challenges going on? I feel like that's a similar question people have been asking, like, how do I get started on a healthy way of eating and, and fitness during COVID, during the quarantine, during the shutdown? Life is always going to throw challenges at us. There's never a great day to get started. It's just that you choose that this is your time to start. So if you do want to empower yourself to start, empower yourself to find what the plan you're going to follow is and start putting it in place and figure out what are the things you need to do to feel like you have that securely in place. Sit down and write down what the challenges might be and what are my answers going to be to those challenges? Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. And I think, you know, so I'm going to get a little bit nerdy because I feel like you've done a lot of life application as it pertains to, to the depression question and getting started question. I think that realizing that one, you know, the reason why in the holidays generally depression comes is um, from a, you know, scientific standpoint, generally it has to do with lack of sunlight, vitamin D, and then obviously with COVID and socialization, you know, being um, kind of inhibited, none of that's going to help. So first of all, let me encourage you um, to take a lot of vitamin D. That's something you deal with. Um, that's going to help a lot if you're not getting a lot of sunlight. Um, but in terms of diet, I want to encourage you that if you are having a hard time getting started because of that, like that is one of those things that's fueling that, then I want to encourage you to realize, realize that um, the diet itself, a ketogenic low carb whole food diet is going to help with depression. Like it's going to help you feel better because you're going to be getting good food, good nutrients. So if you're worried about starting this and quote unquote failing because of some of these emotions that you know come up for you, I want to encourage you to realize that this diet, in fact, helps with those emotions and helps with those mental um, stations. And of course, I'm not a medical doctor. This is from a nutritional therapy standpoint. So clinically, so don't, don't think I'm diagnosing or telling you how to treat a mental disorder. But my encouragement to you is to realize that nutrition plays a big part in that. And so if you're struggling to get started because you feel like that's a roadblock for you, realize that the, the diet that you're trying to start might be what breaks that wall down that takes that roadblock out of the street for you. So um, mm. I hope that that's an encouragement for you, you know, um, the person that wrote the question and also anybody else that's listening that has the same question or fear, realize that, that, that our lives are more, uh, they're, they're more than just like dealing with the seasons, but, you know, our nutrition plays a role in that and how we feel and how we combat those feelings. So I just want to encourage you that the one thing you're afraid of doing because of how you're feeling might be, the, be the, one of the main things that helps you with how you're feeling. I think that's perfect. Uh, do, do, do. Okay, last question. Telecron asks, what do I choose for carb mist this year? Donuts? <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know, Telecron is uh, our friend Miles. And Miles at Christmas celebrates carb mist, where he has kind of like a controlled, he's one of those people that makes the choice to be quote unquote off plan. And he has a, has a good attitude and perspective on it. But He's also, what is he now, eight years, nine years into his journey? Um, so, you know, he's at, at a different place than someone that might be starting. Uh, but I'm not going to answer that question. He knows what he wants that answer to be. 
this is not, you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to empower his behavior. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll figure it out. He'll know what he wants to do. I was going to say steak. That's my answer. Steak. I like it. I think that's the best mm-hmm. answer. You know, that's the answer that he deserves. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the answer I give everybody. John, what do I do? I live where I broke my leg. Steak. Mm. It's always steak. It's always steak. Yes. <laughs> But I, I, I think something else I want to kind of throw in, you know, this wasn't really like uh, Keto Mary asked the question about our favorite um, desserts at the holidays. And again, I think we put a lot of emphasis on dessert at the holidays. Like I would think, you know, let's what are what are some other good, you know, ketogenic options? Like so say someone, mm. John, asked you, OK, I need you to bring a side dish to dinner, to, to Thanksgiving dinner or to Christmas dinner. And, you know, you're going to bring a keto side dish. Like what would, what is your, what are some of your go-tos? Um, okay. So I'm definitely going to bring a cauliflower mash. I feel like I have become a chef of high end results as it pertains to cauliflower mash. Mm. I can make some bomb cauliflower mash. So uh, definitely that one. I just, it's really easy. You boil, you boil the cauliflower yourself until it's real tender. I mean, super tender, like falling apart tender. And then you, uh, with vinegar and salt in the water, that kind of helps take the cauliflower bite away. And then you strain it, put it in the food processor. And then you, and it's cool because it's the holidays, unless you're tracking. If you're tracking, measure everything and track it. But if you're not tracking, just, you know, pour the heavy cream and butter and salt and garlic until it feels right. (laughs) Just, you know, not too thick, not too thin. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, that right there by itself is delicious. My other thing that I really like to do is I like, I I actually enjoy dressing or stuffing, depending on where you live and how it's prepared. It's called different things. But basically, it's a bread concoction seasoned with a bunch of herbs and poultry seasoning and usually has some hard boiled eggs in it. Um, Dressing at least does. So it's one of my favorite things, side dishes, you know, that was some like some like a giblet gravy, like some brown gravy that has like, you know, gizzards in it and stuff. Um, I've always loved that. And so one thing I'll do is I'll make carnivore bread, which is um, the easiest way to do it is like you get eggs, you get beef, you get pork rinds, you put it all in a blender, you blend it, and then you put it in a loaf pan and you bake it. And it makes this bread kind of concoction, chop, let it cool down, chop it up into little cubes, and then mix it with your chopped up hard boiled eggs, maybe one or two raw eggs and your seasonings, find any stuffing or dressing seasoning uh, recipe and just follow the seasonings for it and mix it all in, put it in a pan, bake it at 350 until it's golden brown on top. Um, and then it's done. And now you've got this beautiful, almost zero, cause it's carnivore bread, almost zero carb stuffing. Um, and it's delicious. So those are probably my main go-tos. I've tried biscuit recipes, still working on that. And the last, last year was a fail, way too much baking soda way too much baking soda it was kind of nauseating tasted yeah it tasted like iron that was like licking a spoon oh yeah it was Mm. not good um other than that so i I like veggie trays that's something else that i think a lot of people put under the window like they don't think about veggie trays but like dude like if you like if if you're not like being super on top of macros right or even if you are right and you want to save your veggies for like or you want to save your carbs for vegetables like get a veggie tray with like carrot or you know broccoli and, and zucchini chips or whatever make one yourself and like just enjoy that because like that's like so keto it's not even not even funny um i think also uh anti-pasta platters so like olives feta pepperoni cheese um feta is cheese but you know what i mean um you know a plate like that is a great side dish i really enjoy having that as appetizer and i also enjoy having those things on my plate so like normally my plate has 
turkey, mashed cauliflower, my zero carb stuffing, some olives, and then maybe some cheeses. Um, and I might have some, this is one where I go off a little bit, right? Because I'm not going to say that I, they don't use soybean oil-based mayo or they don't add a little bit of sugar to it. But one thing I'll do is I'll take the, uh, I'll eat green bean casserole. I really enjoy it. And I'll just take the crunchy fried onions off the top and I'll take the three or four grams of sugar per spoonful in there. And I'll just, you know, whatever. And I have my spoonful of green bean casserole. So definitely enjoy green bean casserole too. Um, nice. So those would be like, that, that's what my plate would look on any given Thanksgiving. Nice. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a, a different version of mashed cauliflower that I, I love to make at the holidays. Um, instead of going the boiling route, I love to roast the cauliflower, break it into florets and chunks, you know, toss it in a little avocado oil with some salt and pepper and roast it till it's well browned in the oven. Then throw that into a blender or a food processor and throw in some grass fed butter, some cream cheese, maybe a little bit of cream if you want to loosen it up. And the other, the other, if you want to kind of be decadent with it, when you're roasting the cauliflower, also roast a head of garlic. So you end up with this roasted cauliflower, roasted garlic mash that is so incredibly flavorful. It's a little browner in, in the end than white potatoes when you get it done, but it's incredibly, again, it goes back to that idea of maximizing flavor. And I think that's really important when you're, you're on a ketogenic diet, you know, at these times of year, like thinking about like, what am I doing to maximize flavor? And minimizing the amount of space it's taking up, you know, in the terms of the amount of food I'm eating. Um, something else that I've done before as well, like you were talking about a giblet gravy. You know, sometimes you want to make a, a gravy that's a little heartier, but you don't want to use any of the weird keto thickeners and you don't want to use flour. You don't want to use those things. Um, you obviously, a lot of people have been using, I've seen them do gravies with like cream cheese. But that, again, makes a weird kind of creamy gravy that might be a little bit different in terms of the, the taste profile you're going for. I like making a gravy with roasted mushrooms, you know, roast up some, some button mushrooms, roast up some brown mushrooms, some, some portobellas, and then you puree those with that enriched beef stock and with a little bit of the giblets and all of those pieces. And it creates a thicker gravy, you know, that's more kind of gravy textured in the end, you know, puree that really well. And that can be really fantastic. Interesting. Uh, you, you, yeah, it, it, it can be really great. Um, and the, the mushrooms give like an earthy deep flavor to it, like a, a great roasted flavor. Uh, one of my other favorites is wrapping asparagus in some kind of fatty meat, whether that's oh, bacon, yeah. you know, mm. whether that's doing bacon wrapped asparagus bundles or something that I really love, you know, probably being from the East Coast with a lot of Italian friends. I love uh, prosciutto. Prosciutto is usually just, you know, pork and salt. That's all that's in it. And you take your asparagus, roast it, and then wrap it in a, in a slice of prosciutto and kind of lay them out on a tray. And, and those everyone's going to eat those because that that's epically delicious. Uh, the same thing with, if you want to do, you know, Brussels sprouts roasted with some bacon can be fantastic. Something mm. I discovered too, on the cauliflower front, the other night randomly was at the, I went to Ralph's, which is a, a supermarket chain we have out here. And instead of cauliflower rice, they had what they were calling cauliflower pearls. So it was almost like corn, you know, like uh, corn niblet sized chunks of cauliflower. And I was like, this is interesting. Let me see if I can do something with this. And I did like a garlic butter Parmesan um, saute with this, this, these cauliflower pearls. And it was like having like a, a, a buttery garlic, you know, corn dish. You know, it, it had that texture. It had that hit that place for me. It looked like corn when I was done. I was really kind of freaked out a little bit by it. But really? That's interesting. Yeah, it was really, I'm not sure how you'd make it yourself. Like that would be a lot of chopping, but you could do some chopping. You know, you could chop up your, you could chop up your cauliflower. You could make it happen. 
Um, I think finding those, those dishes, you know, those things that you like. The other thing is like realize, like, cause I often, you know, I often get the question, like, especially now working at a store that's keto focused, you know, you get people that are like, I need breakfast ideas that aren't um, eggs. You know, I'm tired of eggs. What can I eat for breakfast? And my response to that is always, well, what do you like eating for dinner? Eat that for breakfast. I say the same thing at the holidays. When it, there isn't a template for what the holiday meal has to look like. If you decide that, you know, you want your prime protein on, on Thanksgiving to be a really great ribeye steak that you grill outside, have that be your protein. You know, if that's what you want to have for yourself, you don't have to figure yeah. out ways to eat turkey. You know, it doesn't have to be that way. I will say, though, you know, you know me loving avocado oil mayo. So if you're eating, you know, turkey breast meat as your primary protein on Thanksgiving and you're trying to figure out how to get some more fat into it and aren't really liking any of the, the keto gravy options or anything along those lines, um, taking some of those Thanksgiving type herbs like sage and rosemary and thyme and make an avocado oil mayo and fold in some of those herbs and maybe a little bit of citrus some lemon juice, uh, that can be fantastic with turkey. Like it's like this herby mayo that gives you a, a hit of fat, but also um, can also help if the family member cooking the turkey is known for making dry turkey, it gives you a little bit of moisture. Um, so that can be also be a fun option to have. I like that. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember when you taught me how to make avocado oil mayo. Oh, it's so good. Um, and I like the idea of, yeah, like like if you don't want turkey, like be okay with bringing your own protein. Uh, one, one year. I don't know if my wife will ever let me, but one year I want to have keto breakfast for Thanksgiving. I just want my mm. entire Thanksgiving meal to be breakfast items, bacon, like eggs, just go nuts. Um, I think it'd be fun. But um, <laughs> what and what other one other thing I would say to people out there, if there's something you really love to have at the holidays and you haven't figured out how to make a keto version of it yet, Google that food with the word keto, because there are more than likely yes. someone someone else out there who has figured Very out a nice. way to do it. You know, yes. because I've even seen like keto recipes for uh, cranberry sauce and pumpkin pie and all of these things that we might not be able to figure out on our own, you know, roasting vegetables and, and boiling vegetables like that's easy. But there are some more intricate ideas out there like stuffings, like John said, you know, the carnivore stuffing. I've made that. That was fantastic. Um, I mentioned goodies mix, but there's also Kawhi's treats and eats. They both have cornbread, you know, faux cornbread Ooh. mixes that make a great hearty stuffing. Um Fox Hill Kitchen makes these buns that are great, you know, very, very low total carbs. And you can use those to make a stuffing. Like there's a lot of options out there if you just start thinking now about what you might mm -hmm. need. No, I agree with that 100%. I, I, man, that was actually great advice. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like so many people are like, but you can't even make that keto. And I'm like, have you Googled it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, I almost guarantee you someone's made it keto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone oh, yeah. out there has made like, I remember one time I found like keto bear claws and I was like, what? Keto bear oh, yeah. claws? For those that don't know, that's like a type of donut that I used to love. Like, and I'm like, they even have like keto apple fritters where they use zucchini as like mm -hmm. the caramelized apple. And I'm like, shut up. So like, if you really, I don't, I haven't made it because I'm scared to have it in my house. But like, <laughs> if you really want something for Thanksgiving, like if y'all like, uh, you know, for instance, there's a great example of that. Uh Every Thanksgiving morning, I go to the head pastor of my church's house and we watch the Thanksgiving parade together and they make monkey bread every single Thanksgiving. Well, I went keto three, uh, uh, two, two years back um, in terms of Thanksgiving. I, I don't think my first Thanksgiving keto was keto. I think I went off plan, but uh, 
the past two years, I've made gorilla bread. So it's keto fathead dough, monkey bread with a piece of cream cheese wrapped and stuffed inside of each mm. ball before it's put together and baked. Um, and I remember I Googled keto monkey bread and gorilla bread popped up and I'm like, this is better than monkey bread and it's mm. keto. This is awesome. So like n- realize that like, like Mike said, I think that it's all again, and it all comes down to perception, right? Is it restrictive or are you empowering yourself? Is keto really hard or have you just not taken the time to actually Google search and plan ahead? Like, I think perspective is so, it's, it really is the difference maker on how you handle relationships around the holidays, how you handle your foods and how you handle how you feel about your foods and your diet plan going into them. Um, I really think that that's one of those defining lines is your perspective on things. For sure. And I also, if, if someone out there is listening to this, and you're back in that place of, I need to be okay with saying no with the holidays. If you're at that point kind of in your journey where you know making a keto substitute for a pie or a, a bread or something along those mm-hmm. lines is going to give you a challenge that you're not ready for, it's okay to not make them. You don't have to show 100%. up with these things. Like know that it's yep. okay if you need to You need to stay you know, to whatever whatever regulations you need to set for yourself for the holiday, whatever you need to do to get through it. Know that you're okay no matter what choices you make, you know, no matter what ends up happening that again, it's one day. And the, the great thing about the holiday season is there's always another holiday coming up. You know, there's always going to be another <laughs> one. So if you, you try to create a new side dish or try something, a way of eating for this holiday that doesn't work out, don't worry in a couple of weeks, there'll be another one and you'll be able to, you know, try, try something different that next time. Don't be afraid to do something that feels different because you're taking care of yourself. 100% like, and I don't, I'm not going to go out, try to go off on a rant. I don't want to talk down to anybody or like get all coachy on people, but like, even if that means you're eating out of Tupperware, then that's what you're choosing to do. And you have to be okay with that. Why? Because all those people that you feel like are judging you or making you feel bad, they don't dictate, they are not control of your life. You are, they don't control whether you hit your goals or not. You do. They don't control whether you get put in the hospital for for overconsumption of food and like, you know, heart disease or or whatever you're struggling with. You do. You control all of that. So who cares what they think? Right. Like if you eat out of Tubware to stick to your goals, eat out of Tubware to stick to your goals and know that you're making the right decision. And if they feel bad because you're making a right decision and it makes them subconsciously feel like they're not, that's on them. That has nothing to do with you. You're doing what's good for you and what's right for you. And that I'm telling you, I certify this. My name is Jonathan Shane. I approve this message. That is 100% okay. And you need to be comfortable in that choice make. Uh, I completely agree. And the one other piece that I I don't feel we've really talked about too much. We started to at the beginning. And I know we've been talking for a long time. So this is now going to be one of your longest episodes ever. But not is, not my no not my show. Okay. We're we're gonna cross post this on my show and my show. They're used to there being two hour episodes. But the thing I want you to re- remember is one of the perspectives to sit down and have is realize why we come together at the holidays, why we want to get mm. together with people, and realize especially right now with all the different restrictions that are in place and all of that that time with people is precious and important. And so try to to get yourself into this place of. I'm going to get my food plan in place, then I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to spend that day focusing on the interactions I have with people, you know, the conversations I have. Is there a cousin coming that I haven't seen in a while? Are we going to do, like, I know a lot of families are going to do big Zoom calls. You know, I want to make sure that I'm present and fully there for that. Like, what are the, what are the things that are really important to me? Like, so again, 
you know I'm a proponent of journaling. I brought it up already today. Like maybe sit down and say like set some holiday goals that don't involve food. You know, set some holiday goals that are really about what you want to experience out of this time of the year. What what are your goals, the things you want to see happen? And whether that's connection with family and friends and reconnecting with friends you haven't connected with in a while, whether that's serving other people and figuring out ways in your community, you know, whatever the restrictions are right now, if there's a way for you to get involved with, you know, to be able to give some of your time to other people, you know, find out what for you is to find what for you is important and, and make those things be the bigger priorities during those days. And if your keto dressing stuffing falls apart and it's not great, if you're more focused on the time you're able to spend with the people you're with, have a laugh together about how it turned out awful and, and just move on with spending that time together and cherishing, you know, your family and friends as important parts of your life as important or really more important than the food that's going to be on your plate that day. One dude, 100%. And, you know, it goes back to the, one of the very first things I ever said as a coach, one of the things that you live by now as well. And something that I say to almost every client I talk with food is not fun. Food is fuel that should be enjoyed. And the journey that we're all on is learning how to make it fuel that also is enjoyed. And it is, and this is the big one, you know, catering to what you were just talking about. Food is not the experience. It's part of a much bigger experience. And oftentimes, whether we're restricting or whether we're not, or whether we're choosing to stay on plan or we're not, food becomes the fixated point. Um, of the holidays. And the truth is, is that it's not, it might bring us all together, but what really matters is the fact that we're all together. And during this COVID season, I know that, um, you know, this is a special podcast and people will probably hear this two, three years from now and go, Oh, I remember COVID. Um, but you know, at the recording of this, I know it's been a hard year and I know that, you know, a lot of us have gotten back into those habits of going to food for comfort during this hard time. But I really want to challenge you to, um, not make that the goal this Thanksgiving, even though it might be tempting, try to make it about the fact that like, you know, like cherish those moments with your loved ones. Cause I think we all can, we can all can say that we've all felt that absence. Uh, and so really now more than ever, this is a great holiday season to practice making food part of a much bigger experience and really, really think about that and, and challenge yourself to have that kind of perspective going into it. I agree 100%. That's, that's, that's a great way to look at it. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. Uh, that was a long one. Wow. We talked forever. That was awesome. Hour and a half almost. We were we were going for it. I almost wanted to push it to two because I wanted to beat your podcast. But it's, it's my competitive nature. But I'm not going to. It's fine. <laughs> awesome. Uh, is, there, uh, is there anything else that you want to say to them before we wrap up, bud? No, I just I just want to say I, I hope that everyone, you know, realizes that, you know, if you are struggling with your plans for the holidays and, and you need to talk to anyone, you know how you can you can find us, you know, whether it's through going to Instagram and, and finding John or finding me or, or other people. There are some other great resources out there. You know, um, my my friend John Arpino has started a, a group called the Accountable Life Group, and they have a weekly call together. And I know they've been starting to talk about the holidays like if you need to connect with resources that might help you face some of these challenges that we brought up today, um, don't be afraid to reach out and say, Hey, I am struggling with this. You know, is there, is there a good place, you know, a good direction that you can help me find? Because I know we, we want to make sure that we all come through this period 
feeling feeling good about the choices we make and feeling empowered to enter a new year um, ready ready to go. 100%. Uh, so if they want to reach out to you, the ones listening to my podcast, where can they go to find you? So find me right now. If you go to Instagram and I'm still there, that'll be great. Um, Gourmet Goes Keto, no underscores or anything. I'm also on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. Uh, I'm jumping on a couple different platforms, but those are probably the, the best ways to find me. Um, if you're listening to this on my podcast, you know the Fat Guy Forum is is what you're listening to already. But if you're listening to this on John's and you want to hear more of, of what I do in that area um, on all po- podcast platforms, it's called the Fat Guy Forum. And I even have a holiday episode that I recorded last year that's pretty fantastic um, with the aforementioned Telecron was a guest on that one with his perspective. So if you want to hear more about Carbmas, that's where you want to go to hear about that. But um, yeah, just just reach out. You can email me at gourmigosketo at gmail.com as well. 100%. And if you're interested in getting coached by him, theketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike. Because we do have a, <laughs> we are we are in the, the middle of a sale, 10% off until the end of the year. So it's that's a great right. time to lock in. And even if you're not ready to start coaching and you want to lock it in, you know, you want to make sure that you get in on that deal, you know, sign up and let us know that you're, you're not ready to get started, but you want to lock that in. 100%. Uh, and then I guess for those of you on the fat guy forum that want to talk to me at all, um, you can find me on Instagram at coachjohn.fntp. Uh, TikTok, if you're interested in that, I don't think any of you would be, but if you are at the keto road, um, uh, Twitter at keto road, YouTube, the keto road. And then of course, coaching theketoroad.com and then if you are interested in more about just like generic life stuff life application mindset um and you enjoyed you know the podcast flow uh the road podcast i'm now on apple so check me out there we go perfect well all right man i really appreciate the call definitely man thanks everyone and and everyone have a great holiday season you know enjoy yourselves as well have some fun yes yes bye everybody And there you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this very special crossover episode of The Road Podcast and the Fat Guy Forum. I just want to remind you, have an amazing holiday season, my friends. Do some amazing things for the people that you love. And hey, maybe do something to amaze yourself too, because you're pretty dang amazing. Have I said amazing enough? Probably not. But then, go on. Have yourselves a great time. And then come on back and catch us on the Fat Guy Forum.